Stay prepared for the up and downs. Life is like a seesaw. Some say it's a bitch, man. I couldn't agree more. One minute's wrong. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode. This is just another critic. Hope you guys are having a great day. Um, college football is just nine days out. Nine days out. We're almost there. All right. With that being said, let's jump right into it. And today, I'll be talking about my sleeper teams um, going into 2019. Just a disclaimer, um, not that these teams, you know, are going to go to the college football playoff, but I just believe people have kind of written them off based on what, uh, based on their performances throughout the past few seasons. And so this is what I mean by sleeper team. I mean, in in uh, my second team that I'll be covering, I'll kind of tell you where I expect them to end up at the end of the season. A pretty bold pick, if I might say, um, and it might not be too popular with most of you guys out there. Um, however, the first team, my first team um, of sleepers is Auburn, right? So I don't think most people understand how good this team is going to be this year. I get it. They play in the SEC. Their schedule is probably top five as, as far as strength of schedule coming into 2019. Obviously, they're opening with Oregon. They've got Florida. They've got A&M. They've got Bama. they got Georgia. they got LSU. So that's that's just ridiculous, um, the schedule they're going to have to play. Um, but, but coming in on the offensive side of the ball and, you know, projected to start is quarterback Joey Gatewood. If you don't know who Joey Gatewood is, he's a redshirt freshman. They brought him in last year, and he's he's kind of being looked at as you know the next uh, Cam Newton, right? He's kind of like Cam Newton 2.0, 6'5", 237 pounds, five-star dual-threat quarterback out of Florida, um, and lots of optimism from the staff and, and the fan base because of his athletic abil- ability. And the kid's got a cannon of an arm, so... He he's a dangerous runner, but he can definitely sling it as well. Um, so, like I said, there's a decent amount of hype surrounding the kid, and this this at the same time, there's a lot of potential in the stable of quarterbacks that they have with Joey Gatewood, as well as the true freshman Bo Nix. He's also a dual threat guy. Looked really good in the spring game, but this is probably the position that they kind of have the most question marks just because neither of the guys have seen significant game time. Um, and so we're, we're going to see what happens there. But with Gus Malzahn taking over the play calling um, responsibilities, we should expect uh, an offensive system that was closer um, to the Cam Newton era. So uh, with that being said, at running back, they've got Jatarvius, Booby Whitlow, so they they just they just call him Booby, um, and if it wasn't for injury last year, this dude wouldn't have had any issue breaking a thousand yards rushing on the ground. I mean this this dude has got everything you could want in a great running back. Um, if you watch his film, it, it just looks like he's got a great feel for the game. One, you know, there's real there's no real obvious direction to run to. Um, he's got great acceleration and hits his top speed super quick. Um, really as quick as anybody on the roster. And they've got some fast guys on this roster. We'll be talking about them here in a second. Uh, Not to mention the dude is, you know, what they call an ankle bully. And he he really has a great change of direction without losing speed, you know, and and really just a a snap. And um, when he isn't able to go around people, 
the the kid runs with power. The kid runs with power. He's the type of back that's gonna give you always gonna give you effort. You know, especially when he 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 takes contact. He's gonna keep his legs churning, um, and he's he's gonna be one of those guys that has three or four guys trying to pull him down. Right. So I'm excited to see him have a breakout season. Um, if he can stay healthy, of course. And then behind him, you've got Cam Martin, who's a senior, smaller back of the two guys, but certainly has an edge over Booby um, in speed. The dude's just super quick, super fast. Um, not a bad second choice at all, but definitely built more like a scat back, catching passes out of the backfield type of type of back. Um, however, you know, I still expect Gus Malzahn to go ahead and drop some plays for him to try and get him into open space and get him outside the hashes so he can you know do what he does best and put the burners on people at the wide receiver position they do return a young group of guys you know really they're all just looking to have breakout years in their second full season so they've got uh eli stove who's a junior anthony schwartz the sophomore who, if you don't know who this guy is, he's got world-class speed. You know, he, he won a silver medal at the U-20 World Championships. And you, you're you going to see him utilized a lot in jet sweeps. We, we saw that a lot in 2018 when he started getting reps. Uh, really just basically looking to get him on the outside of the hashes, just like Cam Martin. Great straight-line speed, but certainly needs to work on his change of direction. But when you're going that fast... You know, it's it's not uh, exactly a simple thing to just to just you know change direction. So I get it. Uh, he's still very young though, so there's a lot of optimism as far as the type of uh, the type of improvements that we're gonna see from him in his second season. Third third wide receiver is Seth Williams, six three, two hundred and ten pounds, sophomore, super reliable hands, uh, tied for the most reception touchdowns last year with senior Darius Slayton. And when it comes to, you know, jump balls, 50-50 balls, this guy's going to win most of those battles. He may not be the fastest, but uh, from the film that I watched, it's it's pretty uncommon to see him being brought down by just one guy. It almost always takes extra defenders. And then moving to the tight end position, got J.J. Wilson, who's a senior. He's actually a grad transfer from Arizona State. And it is it's kind of weird because from what I was reading, he played uh, outside linebacker there, um, but um, the way he was recruited, right? He was recruited as a four-star athlete, so they didn't necessarily have him specifically, you know, boxed into a certain position. And so, whatever school ended up getting him, they're kind of gonna do whatever they thought he could play best based on his athletic ability. So coming out of high school, he was a four-star athlete, ranked 23rd in the nation at his position. So not 100% sure what to expect from him. But if you if you can take these athletes, right, and give them the right guidance, uh, most of them are going to be able to flourish in multiple, in multiple positions. Um, so sitting behind JJ is John Sam, Samuel Shanker, sophomore, uh, definitely more of a blocking tight end who only had three receptions last year. So don't expect to be seeing him getting much, uh, you know, balls thrown his way, but more so coming in for some run packages and um, stuff like that. On the O-line, they return all five starters from a year ago 
while adding grad transfer from University of Massachusetts, Jack Driscoll. And so really the, the lack of experience going into um, 2018 with only one starter returning, it, it really showed. If, if you watched any of their games, um, they were having a tough time. But I, but I also think that had to do with um, Stidham, right? Stidham just has, he, he doesn't have the best pocket awareness, right? So he, he was kind of shifting and moving into those, into those uh, lanes where defensive linemen were coming through. So he was kind of putting himself in the face of pressure. So, um, and, and with that inexperience last year, they actually broke a eight-year streak of having a thousand-yard rusher. So that came to an end. Um, keep in mind, these guys are lining up against some of the best defensive linemen in the country, you know, from LSU, Mississippi State, Georgia, and of course, Alabama. Um, the struggles of last year, though, Anytime you're gonna, you know, improve your game, you you've got to go through struggle. You've got to go through growth. So, I think this is gonna be, you know, something that was invaluable to these seniors that are, for the most part, looking to close out their collegiate career with a strong 2019 campaign. On the defensive side of the ball, right? If you if you've been paying attention to anything to do with college football, you've probably heard about Auburn's defense, even in 2018. Their defensive linemen, um, they could be comparable to what Clemson had last year uh, up front, right? So they returned three starters from last year. Marlon Davis, uh, Davidson, who's a senior, Derek Brown, who's a senior, and Nick Coe, who's a junior. With the addition of Tyrone Truesdell to the starting lineup, not much to be said about these guys that we don't already know. They're dominant, they're animals, they're big, they're fast. And they'll be one of the best units in college football this year on the defensive line. You know, and if you've seen them play on the field, they play fast. These dudes can shorten a quarterback's lifespan in, in a heartbeat. So I expect them to have a, a really good season, a very disruptive season. And um, I expect them to play um, no less than what they're capable of, of, of doing. So at the linebacker's position, there's a lot of concern. Um, you know, they lose three of the top 10 tacklers from last year. So most of the, most of the concern on this defensive side of the ball is going to be surrounding these group of guys at linebackers simply because the lack of uh, in-game experience. Uh, linebackers include Jacoby McLean, KJ Britt, Owen Popo, who is a true freshman, but at the same time, he was the number one linebacker coming out of high school. So of course, there's there's a combination of hype and high expectations for this guy stepping on the field this year. And if he can fill in and play up to his potential, um, that's going to be big time for Auburn. Um, also have Michael Harris, who's a redshirt freshman. And so even even with this lack of experience from the linebackers, I can't I can't help but be optimistic because, you know, because of who they have up front in those defensive linemen. Those guys are just gonna make uh, make their lives so much easier having su- uh, such a dominant uh, front four. So, in the secondary, they return you know they return some experience with uh, three seniors: Daniel Thomas, Jeremiah Dinson, and Javarius Davis. So they have experience. They did struggle at times last year, um, but they're actually some pretty big dudes. They they're really physical up front. 
as far as you know when when jamming guys at the line um and so they also have one junior noah ig bonian i can't really say his name it's a tough name to read but yeah his name first name's noah he's a junior in the secondary and so with only one player who hasn't you know really been a true starter in the nickelback christian tut who's a sophomore last year um Last year, you know, they're holding quarterbacks to an average completion percentage of 55%. So that's pretty that's pretty freaking great, <laughs> if you don't know. Um, allowing, let's see, they're allowing 219 pass yards a game. So for the most part, they, they did have a, you know, a, a good 2018 season. Certainly not the season they wanted to have, uh, especially with, you know, a little bit of the hype that they had on this side of the ball. And so if there's anything they can work on, it's it's probably going to be in limiting the big chunk plays, right? And so any any team in general, any team um, that's trying to improve their defense, that's something that they're going to be working at. So uh, with that being said, this defense should end the season as one of the best in the country. I don't really see them finishing outside of top five. And if they do, I feel like they haven't played up to their potential. Um, and so like I said... This is, they they got a tough slate of teams coming up on their schedule. Oregon to start the season. They've got A and M. They've got Florida. They got LSU. They got Georgia. They got Bama, right? And so I think they they should be able to go three and three in those games. If we're being optimistic, they can go four and two, five and one type of deal. And if I ha- if I had to guess, right? If I had to project what they're gonna end the season as, I would. Right now I'm sitting at nine and three. But if they're able to pull off, you know, that six-game, you know, freaking death sentence, um, there's no reason why they couldn't be in the college football playoff. And if this if this Auburn team was playing in any other conference this year, like I've said multiple times, they'd probably be a college football playoff favorite in any other conference. So with that being said, my first sleeper pick, obviously Auburn. Second team... I wanted to go ahead and um, you know talk about my second sleeper pick is Oklahoma State from the Big 12, right? So let's have a look at the Big 12. What's going on there? As far as we've seen, there's typically been two teams battling it out for the Big 12, which was West Virginia and Oklahoma. Then, obviously, Texas came around last year and made their way back into that conversation. So... Of those three contenders, Oklahoma State beat two of them in Texas and West Virginia, then lost to Oklahoma by just one point, right? So what what's stopping them from being able to not only be the Big 12 champs, but, you know, possibly get to the college football playoff? They, they've already beat Texas, who's going to be at the top. They've already beat West Virginia, and they only lost Oklahoma by one point. If they can stay consistent on a week-to-week basis, they might surprise some people and end up in the Big 12 championship, which is what I'm projecting them to do. Yes, you may think it's a bold pick, but with the way that the Big 12 is looking right now, it, it sort of looks like a wild card, uh, a wild card conference to me at the moment. So, um, of course, you know, Texas, Texas returns Ellinger, Oklahoma brings in Jalen Hurts, and then West Virginia themselves is probably going to be a wild card with the coaching change 
with uh, Will Greer graduating. So we'll see what happens there. As far as what's going on at Oklahoma State, at the quarterback position, uh, all the quarterbacks coming into 2019 have yet to play any meaningful snaps at Oklahoma State, right? And outside of Drew Brown, none of them have played a snap of college football. So while it may seem, you know, kind of out of sorts to have them as a sleeper, especially with none of the quarterbacks having actually played a snap at Oklahoma State, with what I've seen from Drew Brown, you know, at his time in Hawaii, he played at the University of Hawaii, if you didn't know, um, had me optimistic. It wasn't necessarily, you know, his statistics that jump at you. It's just in in a way, his style of play is comparable to Baker Mayfield, if you go back and watch his film. But of course, I'd say there's definitely a gap in arm talent between the two. I think, you know, he makes a great fit into Mike Gundy's system. And I get some of you may be thinking, well, he played he played in a group of five conference. This is This is the power five. Yeah, it is a power five conference, but it's also the Big 12, where offense is high flying and defense is non-existent, right? That's another topic for another time. At this point, no starter has been named yet, but of course I'm leaning towards Drew Brown, who has more experience, um, who's dual threat, and who's shown that he can he can go out there and make plays. However, the other guy competing for the job is Spencer Sanders, redshirt freshman, four-star dual threat guy out of Texas, played high school ball at Denton Ryan, and if you don't know, uh, Denton Ryan is a top 10 high school in the state of Texas. So the football state of Texas, he played at Denton Ryan, and the kid went off. I believe his record was like 46-6, and six, um, crazy stats, a whole bunch of stuff, right? And honestly, when I was watching his highlights, I thought, I thought he was playing at a junior college or something. He looked, he looked big in high school, so did his teammates. And uh, right now, the biggest things that you know, could edge him into the QB1 spot is his, measure, his measurables, his height, his weight, his speed. Uh, from what Coach Gundy has been saying, it's, it's a pretty tight race right now. And if they had to play a game this week, he said, quote unquote, um, he's, he'd probably have to go, go ahead and play both guys. So Gundy also said that they could they could be closer to a decision after a scrimmage that took place, which was Sunday, August 11th. And so I haven't really looked into where they're at, or I haven't heard any news that they've they've you know come closer to a decision. But as of right now, Coach Gundy said that if they had to play a game right now, they'd play both guys. So I do expect Drew Brown to pull it out. And uh, we'll see what happens there, but I think both quarterbacks would would make um, would fit perfectly into what Mike Gundy tries tries to do every season in his system. At the running back position, we have you know if you haven't heard of this guy, his name's Chuba Hubbard. He's a junior, and they also brought back uh, J.D. Brown, who's also a junior. Now last year, Hubbard was the second option. And close the season with 766 yards on 124 carries with seven touchdowns while averaging six yards per carry, all while splitting carries with the main guy in Justice Hill. So not a bad guy at all to take, you know, take over the starting role. And he isn't the biggest guy, but his size is really deceiving. He does look stiff at times on, on film, but he's he's very slippery. He knows how to make guys miss. 
and I expect him to play a big role at Oklahoma State's in in Oklahoma State's success this year. Moving along to the wide receivers, as you already know, Oklahoma State produces amazing wide receivers, right? Des Bryant, Justin Blackman, James Washington. Um, this year, they returned Tylen Wallace, of course, who had a breakout season in 2018 with nearly 1,500 reception yards, 12 touchdowns, and the dude is averaging 17 yards a catch. So not much more I need to say about that guy. He's a playmaker, and he's going to be you know big time if Oklahoma State's going to do anything in the Big 12 this year. The bigger question is going to be, about you know his supporting cast who's who's his second who's his third right now it's looking like number two is going to be dylan stoner who's a junior finished last year with 603 yards two touchdowns with the addition of the the starting um with the addition of cj moore who will be getting his first starts this year super highly recruited wide receiver from oklahoma four-star guy super tall six five but he only weighs 175 pounds. So he definitely needs to put on some weight. Um, but at that height, and he, he's he's very athletic for his size. He's not a, he's not a clumsy 6'5 guy. He's an athletic 6'5 guy. He can move. Um, and so he's, he's, he's going to be big time if this offense is to, you know, really compete and, and you know, get and, and get to where they're trying to go this year. Um, they also bring in grad transfer Jordan McRae from South Alabama to, you know, it's always good to add depth to that wide receiver position. And then moving on to the O-line. Last year, you know, the O-line, they kind of had it rough. They're rotating through nine different dudes because of injuries, but somehow still managed to improve their rushing game and uh, yards per game from, from the year before. So this unit... It's 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 kind of like I said it's kind of rough cuz with all their career starts they combine they combine for 81 career starts and so they do have you know an experienced guy in, in Marcus Keys who's obviously going to be in a big leadership position there to get all his guys up to speed and and really get them to that level where they need to be if they're going to have success this season the biggest issue last season for the offense was the turnover margin. So Oklahoma State finished at minus nine. Minus nine is just unacceptable, right? And that attributed to them losing games that they probably should have never lost or really should have never even trailed in to begin with. So if they can even just break even in that column, you know, and just get their turnover margin to zero, that'll certainly make a big difference in the way a lot of their games are going to play out. Moving along to the defensive side of the ball, they returned seven of their top 10 tacklers from last season. They lose their leader in the pass rush, uh, Jordan Brailford. He led the team in sacks with nine in 2018. And then they add two transfers from... Oh, Yeah, they add two transfers, defensive tackle Israel Antwine. And that guy started 11 games at Colorado, defensive end Kyle Jr., who played 10 games at Bowling Green. And so as a whole, of course, they are expected to be somewhat of a wild card going into 2019. But the good news is that, as I've said before, as a conference as a whole, you know, it isn't it isn't known as a defensive conference. So if they are one of the worst 
defenses in the Big 12 this year, they'll probably be one of the best of the worst. Um, but like I said, there's lots of unknowns with this particular unit just because of you know some of the new faces and the experience that they lost. Now, at the linebacker's position, they're just going to be returning one guy, Colby Peel, who was actually playing safety last year, but the coaches decided to switch him to uh, the nickelback position. And in total, this, this unit of linebackers will only be returning 10 career starts. So lots of inexperience, um, but the, the experience in those 10 career starts comes from upperclassmen, um, you know, weak side linebacker Calvin Bundage, who I believe had nine starts, and then middle linebacker Devin Harper, who I think had one start. So as as much as, you know, inexperience that this defense has, I'm I'm not worried just because of the conference that they play in. Moving to the DBs, they returned three starters from last season, including their second leading tackler in uh, safety, Malcolm Rodriguez, along with corners Radarius Williams, who led the team with two picks, and A.J. Green, who led the team in pass breakups. So, you know, while they they actually moved one of their nickelbacks, Derek Bernard, from the nickel, um, obviously from the nickelback to the secondary unit, um, he's kind of a question mark as far as what he's going to do because, yeah, he played defense uh, for Oklahoma State last year, but he wasn't playing at the same position. So he's got some catching up to do, and, and hopefully he can make an impact for them um, on that side of the ball. Overall, this defense... They should be in a better position to succeed coming in 2009, in, into 2019. 2019, man, I really need to practice saying this word. But into 2019 with more time to familiarize themselves with uh, – because what happened was going into, into last year, right, they brought in a new defensive coordinator. He changed um, the defensive scheme to a 4-2-5, which is basically a nickel package, four down linemen, two linebackers, and then five DBs. And so this, despite the lack of experience, their numbers should, should improve this year, um, simply because last year was a historical worst in allowing 32.5 points per game. So if they're, if they're going to have a, if they're going to have a bad year, I don't think it's going to be a historical worst year is all I'm saying. Um, but with that being said, yeah, my second team uh, is Oklahoma State, and I think they can win the Big 12 championship. And if they go undefeated, I don't see why why they, they can't go ahead and find their way into the college football playoff. I know it may be hard to believe, and I understand it is a bold, bold prediction, right? But based on what I've seen, based on how I feel, I think right now, at this moment in time, I think it can happen. Now, with that being said, before we close out this episode, I'm going to be touching on a handful of players who I believe are not only sleepers, but who aren't necessarily being talked about that can have breakout seasons in 2019. The first, the first uh, player, well, because I couldn't choose a particular player, I just chose this whole particular unit in general. And this is USC's Southern Cal, not South Carolina. 
So the Trojans over on the West Coast, they have a really young core on defense, right? But coming out of high school, all of these guys, super talented, super highly, highly ranked dudes, highly touted. And so they've got linebacker uh, Palaie Gaoteote, right, who was the number one linebacker in his class, who is a sophomore, true sophomore. The other linebacker, Solomon Tuleaupupu, who was he's also going to be a true sophomore. Not sure if he's going to start, but if he can get healthy and find himself on the field, I expect the guy to make plays as well. He was the number three overall linebacker in his class. Nose tackle, Marlon Tuipulotu, who is a sophomore. Defensive end, Drake Jackson, who is a true freshman. Nickelback, Chase Williams, redshirt freshman. Cornerback, Isaac Taylor Stewart, redshirt freshman. And at the safeties, these safeties are ready to take somebody's head off. Go back, watch their high school film. You'll see what I'm talking about. First safety, Talanoa Hufanga. Hufananga. Man, that name is wild. <laughs> safety, Talanoa Hufanga. Okay? Free safety, Isaiah Polamau. Once again, free safety, Isaiah Polamau. And I believe both these guys are sophomores. Look these guys up. Right? I believe Isaiah Pulamau is uh, Troy Pulamalu's nephew. But um, these these young guys on defense, if they can find a way to get it together this year, you know, create some chemistry, mesh, and, and just, dude, the talent is there. These guys, these guys love flying around, and I don't see why they can't be one of the best defensive units in the nation, if not even just the Pac-12, okay? Um, with that being said, second guy I wanted to touch on, Drew Brown. We kind of already touched on him. He's at Oklahoma State. He's the quarterback, dual-threat guy, likely going to get his chance in the Big 12, surrounded by guys that can make plays and playing in a conference that isn't necessarily got the best defenses, right? Third, BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, true sophomore. This kid is ridiculous. He probably could have played in any Power 5 conference, in my opinion. BYU literally got a steal. Dude's athletic, confident, mature, and already has experience starting nine games last season as a true freshman. Moving along at four, we got linebacker Jack Sanborn, University of Wisconsin. True sophomore, will be getting his first real starts and significant playing time. Um, Smart, young, athletic guy, right? He's expected to be the future of the linebacker core at Wisconsin. Moving uh, moving down again, we stay inside the Big Ten. We've got Purdue linebacker Marcus Bailey. Last year, he closed out the season with 115 tackles, over 300 tackles in his career at Purdue, and not much people are talking about him from what I've seen. This dude's a beast. He knows how to find the ball, and when he touches you, he tackles you. You're going down. Moving down, one more. We go to the Pac-12. We got Utah running back Zach Moss. Got hurt last year, missed four games, still broke a 1,000 rushing yards while splitting reps. Last, uh, Second to last, we go uh, to Big 12. We've got Kansas running back Puka Williams. I believe that's how you say his name. 
But this dude is basically Kyler Murray if Kyler Murray was a running back. Look him up. KU, Kansas, Puka Williams, running back. The dude is ridiculous. And I I don't understand how he, he hasn't found himself at a, at a bigger program. Anyway, uh, my last guy is ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels, true freshman. He was just named the starter. Um, great arm talent. Knows how to make people miss. He's he's a dual threat guy, dual threat guy, super lanky. I I do think he needs to put on some weight, and if he does, he can be a very very dangerous guy to play against um, coming into 2019. But yeah, check him out. ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels, true freshman. Like I said, he's got great arm talent. Um, but yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens down there in Arizona State, and uh, yeah, those are those are my guys. So once again, it was uh, USC's young core on defense, Oklahoma State quarterback Drew Brown, BYU QB Zach Wilson, Wisconsin linebacker Jack Sanborn, Purdue linebacker Marcus Bailey, Utah running back Zach Moss, Kansas running back Puka Williams, Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels. Guys to watch out for. I know I've probably missed some guys that you're you're yelling you know into your phone right now. Because I didn't talk about them, I get that, right? There's a lot of guys that we're sleeping on and that we're not, um, we're not giving the the time of day to right now, and so I certainly could have added more into there, but these are some of the guys that I wanted to put a spotlight on in this particular moment. Um, so if you do have other suggestions, just throw them down in the comment, shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it may be. But with that being said. As always, I appreciate you all for supporting the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave an honest review. And there's going to be links in the description for the podcast as well as my social media accounts. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Just Another Critic signing off. Peace. Yeah, stay prepared for the up and down. Life is like a seesaw. Some say it's a bitch, man. I couldn't agree more. One minute's a wrong talk. Then you're in the ER. One minute's you want some. Wants to leave.